everyone Hi. Hello. Hi, hello welcome once more into the annals of reckless attack a Woo. fifth edition dungeons and dragons actual play podcast i managed to get all that out in one breath good job nathan hey um that training's been working yeah exactly i am your dungeon master nathan once again welcome you here to our table with the excellent players that we have here uh and one not so excellent players but we'll leave that for the players <laughs> to decide who that is oh, oh boy i don't mean that as um, we all nervously look around. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just immediately like, I know it's not me. I win the battle. Right <laughs> giggling, <laughs> giggling at that very funny joke yeah. that yeah. means nothing. It's specifically between David and I. Just like, which yeah, one we, of us yeah. is the knock? <laughs> yeah. There are decide. no other options. Right. <laughs> to my left is. Hi, I am Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. And right before this, I ate. So much kettle corn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's going to be weird. I have already dissolved into a puddle of just like silent laughter because yeah. I was laughing so hard I couldn't actually laugh. Yeah, full on meltdown. So it'll be great. And to <laughs> my left. Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And I basically only ate kettle corn this whole <laughs> this whole last weekend. So like just cruising into Monday on that on that yeah. uh, river of corn. You you oh, oh. well, I was gonna make a follow up joke, yeah. but river of corn is what the people deserve to hear. Yep. The last things out of that sequence. Please carry on. Yes, and to my left, hi, I'm David, and I play Cascrain Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And you merely adopted the kettle corn. I was born in it. I was molded by it. I love you, but get out of here. <laughs> nice. The shortest episode of Reckless Attack. Yeah. All right, great. We had to, we had to have, have a full meltdown at some point. It's this episode. Sorry, everybody. Yep. And to my left. Hi, everyone. My name is Steve. I do not play Val, Checkers, or Cass. Uh, Thank goodness. Yeah, right. <laughs> I play Selv Asterlin, the dragonborn monk, and I, for some reason I cannot explain, am kettle cordless. Oh. Um, I guess I'm the straight man this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, when you're the only sober person at a party and yeah, you're just looking around it's like, what is that, happening? That has <laughs> also happened to me a lot. So <laughs> I, I remember everything that happens to everybody else, but you know, then I got to fill in some blanks. <laughs> Um, Guys, we missed our recording session Monday. We got to catch up. Yeah. Steve's like, no, no, we were there. Yeah. It was bad, but we were there. We, we, were, we recorded it. Uh, if you will please access memory, 128917. Anyway, uh, the, that's it for me right now. <laughs> uh, back to you, Nathan. Back to me and back to our stalwart adventurers. Last we saw them, they were on the road to hopefully finding some answers that will help out some of their stalwart allies, the Bones. There have been a lot of strange and dangerous phenomena as they have been trekking through the wilderness. There have been uh, explodey plants. There have been all kinds of large shadows. There have been herds of things. There have been mysterious, very dangerous, and spooky yowls. But the strangest thus far may have been their latest adventure, wherein a strange spectral figure appeared to them several times over the course of a day, eventually leading them to the site of an ancient battlefield. They were kind of brought into this strange memory where it was almost like an object of power, where this great outpouring of pain, of betrayal, of heartbreak, of defeat, had coalesced into an eternally repeating failure of a battle. The four stalwart adventurers stepped into this kind of dreamlike simulation, backing up a prince who was fighting valiantly to retain his people's freedom, only to be struck down by a member of the Pentarchy himself, Nazar the Black. But the party, knowing odds were stacked against them, knowing they were here 
not necessarily to win, but here to support someone who had not been supported. We're struck down, but put the spirit to rest. Time passed. It is now twilight, and in front of you all is a lone ring that you saw Prince Robard, the prince you were fighting alongside, dropped as he died, and is now right in front of you all, laying at your feet. Behind you, the fortunate leans on their spear, says, that was pretty weird, you guys. Yeah, no kidding. Bow will go to pick up the ring, assuming checkers or self, who are probably more dexterous than her, have not already gone. <laughs> just a mad scramble. Yeah. Just a, a football pile up for the, uh, for the magic item. Checkers is like, magic item. If, I, if I lick it, you can't have it, right? So <laughs> like, nah. No, no, you have to pee on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haha, neither of that would stop Val. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's, that's fair. Uh, I, do have, I do have one question yes. to level set self's mood right now. Yes. Do I remember dying that is that's a great question how it kind of worked where it is like sort of like you died in a dream but not kind of the stress dream right where you are falling out of an airplane and wake up right before you crash and so you're panicky whatever it is if you experienced it but didn't there is no pain there is no anguish, there was no stress, there was no nothing. And you know intellectually, emotionally, in that moment, in that strange dream, in that vision almost, you died. But there was no no feeling of remorse, no feelings of that your life was ending. Instead, you were filled with gratitude. You were filled, you know, with the feelings of whatever echo remained, presumably of Prince Robard, who, in his own way, thanked you for standing with him. In that case, the first thing I'm going to do is pat myself down, check myself for wounds that I knew I had sustained in the dream. Am I wounded at all? You are. But also at the same time, you feel this wellspring of energy. You guys all look down. You are tired. This was a lot, even without having, you know, died. <laughs> but this feeling of warmth and this feeling of gratitude remains. And this not just gratitude, but of steadfastness, if that makes sense, where you are almost steeled by your experience. Can I add one thing? Absolutely. You can add as many things. Well, you can add, you can add one thing. <laughs> okay. <yes>. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I just want to add. So in addition to that kind of feeling of warmth of mm-hmm. steadfastness, Checkers is also kind of feeling this awe because in his quote-unquote last moments, he saw Nazar the Black riding atop his steed, mm-hmm. swinging his large slab of a sword around, causing all of this chaos and mayhem. And he just, he saw them just commanding the battlefield and was just like, wow, that guy has a cool hat. He did have yeah. a cool hat. <laughs> the, uh, what was it? The Crown of Discord, yeah, if right. I recall correctly. Just, no, it was, I'll look it up. Go Checker's ahead. La- Checker's eyes in his last moment were fixed upon the Crown of Discord. The Crown of Strife. The Crown of he Strife. He was the King of Discord. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. Uh, may Nazar not strike me down. Yes. So that's, that's how Checker spent his last few moments. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about hats. Yes. <laughs> and Kashkin also spends just a few minutes in reflection, not of just the battle, but also of Nazar specifically, mm. because... If my history is correct, Kashkin was alive when Nazar was also alive, but had not heard of him outside of stories about the Pentarchy or the deeds that he had done or the battles that he had won. Yes. But facing this monster head on is like, oh, holy crap. It's like, you know, that legendary creature made real. They understated. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially. So, Val... Or whoever is they were all licking too or busy peeing, doing reflecting, whatever. <laughs> yeah, staring off yeah. in the distance, yeah. not doing anything. All right, all right, fine. <laughs> so Val will pick up the ring 
and turn on her feet into crisscross applesauce to sit down mm-hmm. and look at it, but then look up to the fortunate. What kind of weird? You guys just kind of like stood there. You kind of shuffled a little bit, stepped forward, and then you're just your eyes kind of went blank for like a couple hours. So that that was strange. And how uh, how long do we think we were in there? Just a couple minutes? Yeah, it was probably yeah, probably a few, relatively few minutes. I'll turn to the fortunate and just ask: Did any creatures approach while we were um, out of it? No, no one approached. There's still those strange sounds, those howls happening every once in a while. We'll probably have to talk about that tonight or tomorrow. Is this a good enough spot to make camp, yeah, or should we look for question. another location? Oh, I don't know. What do you think, Checkers? Eh, it's as good a spot as any. I agree. And they just kind of, like, jam their spear into the ground and kind of sit down right where they are. And Kashkin looks around again, and there's no <laughs> cover. There's no reason why we should stay here. We're just like, and starts pulling out the tent. Yeah, just pushing some earth around. Like, yeah, I'll make a wall. Yeah. <laughs> so camp has been set up. There is a fire going, and again, there's not really a lot of great cover anywhere. Like maybe you're lucky to get a copse of trees, that sort of thing, but you're not really seeing anything close by. But as best you guys can. You try to dig in for the evening. You still have that strange aura of dread that always comes from the fortunate. And you still hear a lot of activity in the wilds. And Val, you finally have that moment to look at this. Again, I would describe it as almost like a pretty plain band, uh, almost wedding band-like that is just kind of now currently resting in the palm of your hand. And what do you do? Uh, Val will take the time to ritually cast Detect Magic and also look for any insignia or like engravings. If you would like, you rolled the first history check before having seen anything, basically. Before you guys got kind of like sucked in and got some more details as to maybe when, maybe where. I'll first let you roll another history check if you would like. 13. You don't really get too much more information. But what you do get is a couple a couple kind of like key themes. Because of where this was located, mm-hmm. you would know it is would be relatively early in the Pentarchy's kind of conquest. Really that the Pentarchy was there, that gives you a lot of the information that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. It would have been relatively early, and you would know that probably this was one of the last main conquest points of the Pentarchy, as the Pentarchy was becoming the empire that you all knew it to be. Okay. So as we're uh, kind of settling, Sel will pull out his flute and uh, kind of begin to play a little bit of of music and then um, just kind of stop and and look between Val and uh, and Cass and ask were there any stories about the rings that Prince Robard wore as far as I know uh, there's nothing documented about them yeah and Cassman hasn't heard of the name Robard either just the other guy <laughs> Just the big scary one. Yeah. And speaking of the other guy, Checkers, you know, as the evening is winding down, would go over to Val and just pass her a sheet of paper. And go, <laughs> hey, uh, Val, do you happen to know anything about this? And it's just the crown that Nazar the Black was wearing in crayon, <laughs> just like with a bunch of weird question marks next just to it. Just gnarled, thorny, yeah. <laughs> just like horrific yeah. nightmare crown. And you're like... Well, I drew it in crayon. <laughs> yeah, it, look, it looks surprisingly less threatening when it's mm-hmm. in uh, pink and blue crayons. <laughs> Val will take a piece of paper, um, start recasting Detect Magic twice now, <laughs> um, and uh, I guess make a history check for the well, crown itself. So, so first, I will resolve your first Detect Magic okay. on the actual ring. Because the history check, that was like its own, okay. own separate thing when you're looking for insignias or whatever. 
It is extremely magical. Ooh, all right. Is it like potion of water breathing powerful or like staff of the smoke creature powerful? Like, where is it on the scale? Uh, it is much is closer. The brightness change. The I don't know. I'm gonna say I like I like that it does. Okay. That just feels fun. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. I think I've always right, kind of right flavored up until it that the point way. where Val casts detect magic and then goes, Ah, I You're can't blinded. see <laughs> my eyes. Uh, it is it is much closer on the end of the spectrum to staff of smoke creature. Mm. Okay. Jokes on you. She wears sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Even that, at night. that's what they Even were all at night. For. Yeah, all right. Uh, so that is all you know. Um, you know it has some sort of kind of protective magic on it. You can also certainly roll that history check on the crown of uh, the crown of shit. Now I have strife, <laughs> strife, and I, now I've said it once wrong, yeah. and it's forever. I'm going to fuck it up for thirty episodes. I'm going to mess it up. The crown of strife. I'll say first of all, you all are familiar with the crown of strife. Like it is in the same way that Celestia Dreamweaver had the Shroud of Resurrection and everyone knew that. Everyone knew that about Celestia Dreamweaver. That is the level of artifact and the kind of level of like iconic item that this crown is for Nazar the Black. So would we would we be able to bounce some ideas and stories around yeah. to give Val advantage or yeah. should we all roll separately? Yes, Steve, how does Selv know about the crown of strife and and enough enough to be of use to Valeska Carter um because of the monastery where Selv did his training and because of uh secrets mm-hmm. uh, at said monastery there was probably stories and research done on all known major artifacts so anything that was that cropped up in history that we we knew who had it and where that where it was at you know specific times, there was probably that research in and amongst the the scrolls and books at the monastery. Perfect. Sophie, make me a history check, please. Twenty five. Oh wow. wow! The crown of strife again is a signature object of power. That effect that you guys saw of allies turning on each other and the effect that you probably even in your vision felt a little bit, that is kind of the signature thing that the crown did, is it muddied the minds of those not allied to its wearer. It also did some other things. Uh, It kind of allowed for a lot more influence. It added to charisma. It basically was the perfect item for a warlord. And it was something that was an ancestral artifact of Nazar the Black's family and had been passed down for many generations. You know, he was one of those people who was motivated to be the greatest yet. He had generations who had fought wars, who had conquered, who had lost territory, and he took the crown and carved out his place in history with it. The knight draws to a close. Again, it is relatively quiet. You're able to rest undisturbed. In the morning, you start to break camp. In the distance, you can see lots of nature kind of start to whir to life once more. At the top of the morning, you once again hear this howl. Does it sound closer or further than it did the uh, the other day? It is closer. Closer. And as you guys are kind of getting camped together, the fortunate comes up to checkers. Mm-hmm. Hi. And <laughs> hi, checkers. The the creatures, whatever is out there. Yeah. I I don't know for sure. And I'm telling you this or talking to you about this, not to keep it a secret from everyone. Mm-hmm. But because you are also someone who has survived out in the wilds. Right. I'm getting concerned that we may need to do something. I'm not willing to say we're being hunted, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we made sure we weren't, if you understand me. So when you say do something... You mean like go out in the middle of the night and hunt them? Or you mean like go climb up a tree and run away? 
the way I see it, we can just keep going. We haven't been bothered yet. We may go outside of territories. We may just not be interesting. And they're just keeping an eye on us as we walk through. Very possible. I don't know what these are, mm. so I can't say for sure. Mm-hmm. We could try to cover our tracks. Could be easier said than done, depending on what's out there. Or, like you said, we take a detour. And we try to make sure that they're not in a position to keep tracking us. Mm -hmm. But how do I put this? I'm talking to Checkers the Survivor, not Checkers the Adventurer. If you were being hunted, what do you think we should do? Well, Checkers the Adventurer would say, you know... It would be much more dangerous if we left them alone. So we should totally go after them. And I think that's what Checkers the Survivor says too. (laughs) (laughs) Best not to leave an enemy behind us if we can help it. Has the terrain changed at all since we've left? Or has it just been prairie and trees? Kind of closer to Agmar was a lot hillier and a lot more forested. Like there were quite quite a few more copses of trees, and a little bit more obviously at the foothills of a mountain, right? The the Emerald Range that, that Agmar is kind of settled in. And now it is much more prairie. There's still hills, but it's much flatter. And it's more rolling hills instead of kind of like steep inclines and that sort of thing. Okay, gotcha. Question about the grass. Yes. Like what's its tensile strength? In terms of how bendy is it? That and, like, is it something where as Val is walking, she could, like, pull a stock up? I'll put it this way. Over the course of a couple days, Uh you would easily be able to find some that you could just pluck up. Because, again, this isn't just, like, fields of wheat, right? It is, like, tons of different grasses and wildflowers and all that kind of thing. But there's also a lot that are just, you just, like, yank it and you just, like, stop, (laughs) you know? But easily across the course of several days, you'd be able to find a couple things that you could just like yoink up. As we're walking today, Val will learn the grasses that she can easily pull up and start weaving uh, a very large basket. Hmm. Maybe some flower crowns. (laughs) (laughs) So during the course of the day, pretty early on, you see an old stone ruin. Of a building in the distance. Doesn't seem like there is much to it. It seems like it is mostly a part. And you don't see anything obvious that would lead you guys to believe that this was a town that had recently been destroyed or something like that. It just seems to be out in the middle of nowhere is this destroyed structure. I would like to go investigate. Yeah, me too. I think... Even though there's two of us, I feel like we're outnumbered. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm, probably right. However, we know we're being followed, so this could be a good defensive position. On the other hand, it was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys approach, I would like everyone to make a perception check, please. Chaskrin with an eight. Checkers with a 20. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, fine. All right. I don't see anything. Velasco with a 15. Hey. Selv with a 25. Yes. Roll the 19 on the Just die. high fives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Perception baddies. Woo. Uh, I'm kind of imagining it as like Val is kind of looking at like, okay, what must this have looked like? Trying to put together like. Val, my, Sophie's initial thought was Val has that other rubbing from the ruins in the other oh, yeah, forest. True. And she was like. Where are, like, the leftover, um, not hieroglyphics, but, you know, like, the writings and stuff, like, the markings. And she's solely focused on, like, what information can she glean from these ruins? Not, like, anything else happening around Yes. And Kaskrin maybe is thinking about... Oh, God, the, the house. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little bit distracted because it was like right after one of the howls just yeah. happened. And so we're just like, do we really have time to be doing this? And then everyone's just like walking in, investigating these ruins. And Checkers, actually, okay, this is what both Checkers and Self would notice. Mm-hmm. Is 
pretty pretty early it becomes obvious to you guys this is just an old building mm. maybe it was destroyed but like it's not like there's not burn marks or anything crazy like that it just seems probably like it's just really old and fell apart an old stone facade and stone building Selv spots them first but checkers shortly thereafter mm-hmm and I will let you two decide what you do with this information. Inside this building, it's not big, but it's clearly used to be a, a pretty sizable place. You see, poking out from above kind of the wall line, like a destroyed part of the wall, what appears to be an upraised, desiccated hand. All right, well, uh, Selv will, will actually step in front of the group a little bit and then put his arms out to the side and and stop people. Mm-hmm. And what? Se- what's over there? And <laughs> Selv, you just see kind of to your side, Checker is just getting ready to give this skeleton hand a high five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, eh? Eh? Maybe hold off. What's happening? Um, yeah, you guys then, still don't see anything. And then Selv will motion to look and will point at where this hand is coming up. Self, I can barely see above the grass. I can't see what you're pointing to. I am very so he, short. <laughs> I'll kneel down and put one one leg one leg out and offer a, oh, a hand to Val. Val will <laughs> take it and like get a boost. <laughs> get, get a little... Oh, that's a creepy hand. I was gonna say, yeah. if you're committing to to boosting Val, I will <laughs> let Val see see it. No problem. Is there anything obvious nearby that might have caused the like a spooky skeleton? Well, and to be clear, it is not a skeleton. Okay, it is like a dried, mummified hand. Oh, you said it's a old stone like house or structure. Mm-hmm. Are there four walls, or has one collapsed? You think maybe around the back, maybe one collapsed. Certainly, you can see again in this gap, like kind of if you even circled around there, you'd probably get a little bit better vantage point. But in terms of like being able to see through, you almost certainly would have to approach just because it's dark it's weird all yeah. that self will motion everybody to spread out just a little bit and then point to checkers and say maybe take a look but don't poke it checkers is already in the middle of taking junior off of his hat and putting it on top of caskrin's head <laughs> <laughs> and then you just see checkers just kind of disappear into the tall grass give me a stealth check I assume the second that happens, Val can't see me. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh. Unfortunately, you can still see checkers. <laughs> he too- should have used that guidance thing. Guidance. Too late. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's already gone. He's too- Val reaches out a hand and he's just. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's already. He's too he excited. Thinks, no, he probably thinks like checkers or Val is going to like try to grab him. Try to stop yeah. him. Just like, no, no, go away. I don't want to. No. And Checkers you- just thinks Val's been playing tag with him for years. <laughs> <laughs> but you, unfortunately, can still see Checkers as he dives into the tall grass with a seven for stealth. So here's what happens. You you see a little tricorn hat <laughs> yeah, right? just skimming <laughs> the top of the tree of the uh, grasses. And I'm going to specifically keep an eye on the hand to see if it moves as Checkers gets closer. And just checkers as you feel like you're getting into position, mm-hmm. you hear a crunch as you step into almost like a sort of a sinkhole kind of thing. Not, not you're not dying, no. yeah. but like where you, you know, there's like just like a pocket where yeah. like some roots have kind of grown over or something. And you just step into it, and you all hear this big rustle, and you kind of catch yourself, and then you look up into this gap in this wall. Uh-huh. You see not just where the hand is attached, uh-huh. which is to a seemingly unclothed, full mortal body, all desiccated, mummified, probably as ancient as this place. But you see six other bodies mm. in similar positions all around what appear to be a broken stone altar. And each of them are frozen in various states of worship and reverie in this mummified state inside of this ruined building. 
are they close by at this point? Or like, yeah, you know, they just appeared basically in front of him. They so this was like as you were rounding the corner to be able to yeah. look in. Okay, you kind of tripped. Yeah, and then you were able to like look up and you got this full picture all at once. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think as Checkers trips, he just does kind of a loud whoops, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then pokes one of the mummies next to the altar with a stick and sees if it moves. You poke what was presumably once a creature and you how hard do you poke it? Just like a, a light <laughs> poke. He's not like trying to stab at it. Checkers like, is a professional yeah. prodder of things so right. I figure you have pretty good pretty good dexterous, uh, dexterous ability. Just enough to make it move if it can move <laughs> but not enough to pop it or explode it yeah. if it pops or yep. explodes. You prod the hand and the finger that you poke just falls off <laughs> and crumbles a little bit. And there's no further reaction. Yeah, I think Checkers will return at this point and report what he saw. So there's a bunch of spooky dead people. It looks like they're next to an altar of something. It's a big stone piece. I don't know what it is. But I poked one and it just kind of crumbled into dust. I would like a closer look. And Kashkrin will grimace and say, I'll keep watch out here. I don't, <laughs> think it's, I don't think it's quite safe. Did you see any symbols or anything on whatever they were standing around? I didn't look that closely. <laughs> that will go investigate. Being very cautious to, stand, to look for any like wards or anything on the ground. It is as Checkers described. You look around... And any sort of writing that there may have been has clearly been eroded by the elements and by time. And especially as you're getting closer, you get a real sense that this place is very old and has been here for a very long time. Can thou, like looking around, see any markings, even on the outside Mm -hmm. of the building, to note... Who was worshipped here? Roll me a religion check. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven. There's no notable signs on it, but you would be familiar with the kind of ancient practice that was saint worship or saint reverence. Your best guess, and you have no idea what it means who these people were, any of it, is your best guess is that this is at the site of an ancient saintly chapel or church or appropriate spookier word and that these were worshippers here. Do we have time to for about to cast Detect Magic as a ritual? That is exactly okay. what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> that will start taking 10 minutes to mm-hmm. cast it. And I think as we're examining the place, checkers would take a closer look at the bodies Mm -hmm. or the worshippers to see they're all very old and dead, but were they wearing anything that may have survived? It's notable that they aren't. Whether it is just due to time, they as, like, their bodies, all that remains is this kind of mummified flesh. And Checkers is going to complete his high five with the spooky mummy. <laughs> just like, bam. Turns to dust in your hand. <laughs> Precisely. Yep. While Val is casting Detect Magic, Selv is going to maybe climb up on some of the uh, some of the rocks to just get a better look around. And specifically in the direction that we heard the howls. Mm-hmm. And see if we can uh, see anything or hear if they're closer I'm also keeping an eye out for, like, the velociraptor grass, yeah. right? It's just where they, they start moving and we see the little something coming towards us. Give me a perception check. Sure. Uh, Dirty 20. Not that you can see. Okay. Those sneaky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, still going to keep an eye out. You detect no magic, Val. It is just a, appears to be a strange sight, a relic from an older time. Val will do a little bit deeper investigation of the 
altar mm-hmm. and start like drawing it out and like noting everything that she had to see if she can gleam anything else from it. Um, all the while thinking she's a little disappointed. Uh, she was looking to find something that she could also take a rubbing from the other yep. <laughs> ruin. Mm-hmm. But, right. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry. If Go ahead. Further investigation doesn't reveal anything new. She'll kind of just make a note to mark this place in her map when they make camp. You would know, uh, and this is because of your background, you would know that there's a good chance that somewhere in the library this would be on a map. Mm-hmm. An ancient map or a map of shrines. But like, if you're interested in learning more about this place, because you've identified what it is, you might be able to find out more. Self will also wave a little bit and get Checker's attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a, a drawer or something in the altar that will identify what this place was. Ooh, could be. Something hidden. Roll me an investigation check. You're uh, you're asking for a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought Checkers would have been decent at that. No, he's more of a smash and grab kind of guy. Gotcha. Yeah. I poke the altar with a stick. It is an altar. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it doesn't alter? <laughs> uh, you just see you just see Checkers just, whack. Yeah, <laughs> just whack it. Sal, there's nothing here. <laughs> what do you what do you do, Self, with that information? Uh, uh is what is the fortunate doing? Are, is, they, are is, they kind of keeping an eye out also? Yeah, the fortunate's not particularly interesting okay. in this place, but they as are long as, keeping an eye as out. As long as somebody's keeping an eye out. Yeah, Catchman's uh, also been hanging out with the fortunate, keeping an okay. eye out. So. Yeah, I will uh, I will climb down and I will take a look at the altar. So let me see here. Investigation? Yep. Okay. 18 total. So you do not see a compartment or anything like that, but you... Bend, you kind of bend over and you're looking for, for anything. This was definitely made for shorter people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm imagining it's kind of like been knocked over, you know, like one of the legs is missing or mm-hmm. whatever. And you find a very faint spot that is not eroded. W- weathered. Yeah. Okay. Or is less eroded, I should say. And you can tell that it used to be part of a, much more intense bit, even underneath kind of the the tabletop of the altar. And you see a symbol of what appears to be a dead tree. Oh, that's not good. Do I recognize it? Do I know what that is a symbol of? Are you trained in religion? Uh, I am not. However, I do know somebody. Uh, I, <laughs> I know I know a Val. Yes. Hey, Val, take a look at this. Val like dives. What? <laughs> what is mine? And Sel will kind of like blow a little bit on it and brush off anything that's on there and point to the symbol and just ask, uh, do you recognize that? Val hears that question, but has already busted out her paper and charcoal to make a rubbing mm-hmm. of this. Actually, one question I have is, is a living tree a symbol of one of the deities that I know of? Like, would this be like their counterpart, counterpart, opposite kind of thing? Or like a a desecrated version of their temple? A sworn enemy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, a tree seems like a symbol that would be, uh, uh, and and it's a little complicated. There's different different cultures have different symbols, even for kind of similar or same gods, that kind of thing. So, at least in this part of the continent, not that you're familiar okay. with, but excellent question. All right, then I guess uh, what is what does Val know? This is definitely the symbol of a saint. It's pretty obscure. It's not really one of those like, oh my god, it's this it's this thing Mm -hmm. uh it's not nazar the black level (laughs) (laughs) revelation this saint and i don't know if it's even notable enough for you to know its name Mm -hmm. but its title okay was the desiccant saint Hmm. i'm glad we're we're thinking the same yeah right what? He's like a, a dumb like air packet of silica gel. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He just reserves food and, yeah. and dries things out. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Could be. Maybe he's a very cool guy. <laughs> okay. So you guys check around and you're able to prod, poke, detect magic, etc. 
and you don't think, you know, you, I, I will, I, this is DM Nathan telling you, you have exhausted the things that are, <laughs> are pokeable and, and discoverable. <laughs> oh, I can poke so many. <laughs> right, well, I mean, whether you stay there, that is up to you in I can fiction. Poke all day. <laughs> in terms of, do we need to keep rolling? Mm-hmm. You're good. <laughs> We're going to establish a search pattern. We're going to check every square foot. <laughs> it's going to be a CSI right. crime scene. Find something that isn't desiccated. You don't tell us when we're done searching, I, Nathan. You know, yeah. I, apologies. <laughs> I apologize for taking your, your uh, what's I it called? Your agency. Your yeah, agency right? away. Exactly. We're going to the basement of the Alamo, everybody. Start digging, ex- excava- excavating the yeah. whole thing. We miss our appointment because there's just like, like now there's like 14 <laughs> ditches, like at all various ages. Yeah, Cashkin wasn't interested before, but now we've just got like- our, we, We've our come, we've come too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. we've come too far. got to keep going. I don't know if this has come up, but do we know if Val uh, is the type of cleric that would perform any kind of last rites or blessing an area? Val has that ability- <laughs> I've never really thought it's of Val not... as that kind of person. Yeah, well, neither have I, but I, I'm just wondering if it mm-hmm. has come up before this. Val has not performed any of those in front of the guild, no. Okay. And it's probably like super rare that she would. I'm imagining that's even like a subspecialty of your order who knows the the funeral rites of different cultures and that sort of thing you know we're like you might be familiar with them yeah but like there's a guy like mm-hmm. i know them but like frank frank knows yeah. all of it like goes back centuries can recite yeah. all the holy scripture Espe- texts. he's a, yeah. he's a funeral enthusiast yeah <laughs> well i mean especially for how large the illustrious exactly was like everyone has a specialty and exactly like, val doesn't have a specialty yet because she decided to join a guild instead. Like that, this was kind of her. She did all the core requirements. Yeah. Like she has her high school diploma, and like <laughs> getting into funeral specialty is like going into college level. Yeah, and she she's touring the world. And, and you, have, you, have to, you have to instead. declare that stuff early, and then you know there's <laughs> a whole bunch of there's a pass, etc. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you guys can wrap up your business here then, with, um, with no problem. Yeah, in that case, self will kind of mm-hmm. stop outside the open opening portion of the the wall and just kind of gesture over them and just kind of say underneath his breath, "Your oaths have been heard," and then turn and is ready to leave whenever everybody else is. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi, it's me, Sophie. Do you want more Reckless Attack? Then join our Discord and chat with us in our community. The link for the Discord is in the show notes, or head on over to our website, recklessattack.com. We also have a Patreon. You can listen to our new show, Reckless Snack, and other content if you become a patron. We really appreciate your support, and thank you for listening to the episode. What do you guys see? What's another thing you guys see on your day of travel? No. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listener, uh, David cursed us all with a, I'm not going to call it a joke (laughs) encounter. Uh, I I have something that I must share. There is a visceral reaction both at the table. And that explains why 
Sophie yelled at David from across the table. <laughs> and is once again kettle let corn me Let me melting. explain to you. Let me regale to you the tales yeah. of... I'm actually not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> does anyone else? No, I, I, have, I, have an act, I have an actual thing. Does real David yes, have an I have a legitimate and not thing, mean David. A, an idea that I would like to place into the world please. as canon that is not a dumb idea. <laughs> David, please. <laughs> carry, so, forward, carry on. So this is incredibly mundane, actually. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like at some point during the day, like, We've had very nice weather mm-hmm. over the past couple of days of travel, and today is the first day that it starts raining. I literally, in my notes, David, it, today was it was going to rain. Nice. So, uh-huh. 100%. I'm imagining it's like, it's like an autumn rain. It's like a heavy rain. It starts as a drizzle, and then over the course of the day, it just keeps going, and now we're in the midst of a proper thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually just really curious, like, what does it look like when everyone is walking through this? Like, what do you, what does everyone do? Yeah. Love that. Mango has never been happier. <laughs> Mango <laughs> exists to make Mango happy. Mango's just like bopping along, just like splashing around in the mud and rain, just like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, Checkers is also kind of similarly uh, feeling good about it. Just like, he's got his arms out, just kind of soaking up the, the rain. Like, this is nice. <laughs> and he's got like the water barrel open in the back, just yeah. collecting rainwater. So, Checkers, Mango, and Junior all having a great time just hanging out in this lovely autumn rain. Catherine's a little bit the opposite, where he has a leather waterproof poncho that he's put on with, like, the hood up. And now the ground is kind of muddy and a little bit gross where we're walking. And so he's just, like, trudging along. But on the other hand, it is kind of a nice way for him for like everyone to hide their tracks. And so that's kind of what's keeping him going is that, you know, there's something out here that's hunting us, and now we have the opportunity to potentially lose them. Self, don't let him turn around to see the giant path we've cut through the grass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's fine, we're hidden, we just keep going, and then it's just like, yeah. Self has uh, his cloak on hood up and it, it's kind of uh, comes down enough over his forehead that any of the water is kind of just dripping off but kind of dripping off onto his snout so <laughs> it's a little uh, and he, so you, you constantly see him basically put his hand on his nose and push down and just like you know a small stream of water kind of comes off but uh, but that's yeah so self seems comfortable enough in the outdoors that you could tell he's not quite annoyed but just a little bit bothered by the fact that you know everything's going to be wet but he seems resigned to it and it's not something he can control so it's just what it is like this is just happening Val has her own cloak and is fine with the rain she knows that if she has a bad mood it's just going to be worse so she tries to stay positive I'm positive we're going to catch pneumonia. (laughs) (laughs) And she puts the basket she had been working on, like kind of at the top of her pack to provide her a little bit of cover from the rain. And then she starts working on another one. And it's like a long rectangle that has two strings around it. And she like tugs on self's cloak and like, it's like raining a little bit harder now, so she just set like points to like kind of like squat down, and okay. she ties it on top of Self's head, and so he has like a little bow under little his bonnet. chin, <laughs> and it's just like a straight woven grass that goes oh, under his ice. hood. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So, Does he have like a little bonnet now? Oh, no, it's yeah. not a bonnet. It's oh. just like it's like a it's a like visor. the bill of a it's, baseball it's cap. A, it's a visor. So his yeah. snout doesn't get wet when it's raining. <laughs> You don't get one now. <laughs> well, fine. I want one anyway. You're blast. Yeah. <laughs> and Cashman wanders off into the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Yeah. Uh, Val can make you like a beard cover, <laughs> so your beard doesn't get wet. Nice. Uh, and the fortunate trudges, seemingly unslowed, unbothered by the elements. Still, same easy but determined gait. Val offers her a basket hat. <laughs> <laughs> the fortunate looks down at it 
and just like holds it in their hand. And then she kind of just it's looks... it, this one is like fully like a visor, but like a sun visor where it's just like this disc that has like a yes. hole in the center, <laughs> so it would fit over their helmet and just like... <laughs> <laughs> and looks and looks over itself. And it looks back at Val. And to be clear, it does look doofy. Yeah. Like, and then no looks down <laughs> and then puts it on. Yes. <laughs> and just like freezes. <laughs> They're like a, like a cat when you put a hat on them. Yeah. And they don't know what to just, do. <laughs> and then just kind of like a heavy gauntleted hand comes onto your shoulder and just pats you. And then, and then she just keeps walking. <laughs> Val just says, yes, we're best friends <laughs> You guys continue. The rain slows your progress. You're still able to move, but it gets darker faster, and it gets less fun pretty quickly. Eventually, the fortunate, you can see them kind of looking in the distance. And anyone who followed their gaze, you see in front of you a large crevice canyon in the landscape that is not on your map. Oh. It's probably just not big enough to be on your map, or at least on this kind of scale of map. You can't really tell the dimensions, but it seems like it goes on for a ways in either direction and is not impassable, but clearly will take some effort to get across Mm -hmm. or to get through. Beyond that, it appears the grass is even taller. (laughs) Where you guys are, again, this is pretty in the distance. You guys are not close to it, but it seems as though the grass suddenly just shoots up beyond the waist's length that you have been trekking through and is now shoulder, head, above head levels. And the fortunate turns to you guys and they say, I I don't love the look of that for tonight. If it's all right with you guys, think there's some trees just over there. Let's get a little bit out of the rain. Camp seems good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bell's very nervous about the very tall grass. Yeah. <laughs> you guys start settling down. It's not fun to you can't it's hard to put up a tent in the rain. You can't start a fire really. The last couple days you felt like at least we can dig in and there's activity. This is kind of a, a miserable night. And one thing that Checkers might do this evening, as we've had a long day just trekking through the rain, he's been in pretty high spirits the whole time, but he knows that his uh, companions are not really used to this. So he is going to go over to Selv and just say, Hey, uh, Selv. Uh, yes. You want to play some chess? Selv's uh. <laughs> <laughs> face yeah. lights up for the listeners at home. Yes. Yes, I would. Nice. Why don't you get your test set? I feel like this is some kind of trick. But okay. <laughs> and and Selv will, will rummage down and, and get his, his chest set out. Hmm. And try to keep it as covered we have, as we possible. We have tents. You could be yeah, yeah. So tent. in, in the tent, maybe he'll, he'll take that out. So it'll be, it'll be covered. And the one thing you notice as you're taking out your chest set is one black rook is missing. And it has been replaced by a fairly well-carved sturdy-looking dragonborn with a cool-looking crown in the shape of that kind of, like, classic (laughs) rook piece. Uh, And it's immediately recognizable as a little figure of Nazar the Black. And you will also see, uh, Checkers, that one of the knights is not the same as the other ones. It is one that has a spear that is probably twice as long (laughs) as it should be. (laughs) <laughs> Callbacks, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we play chess. Yeah, yeah. And checkers and self just play chess on this miserable rainy night. What is Kaskarin doing? As you guys are settling in, again, it sucks. There's only so much settling you can do. But I, either with the fortunate or with himself, what are you kind of filling some time with? 
I like that Val and Cass are sharing a tent because, like, we are the city kids. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are trying so hard to be comfortable, and it's really. Cascarin is trying to figure out a way to make tea inside of a tent. <laughs> Self has control flames. We got this. Oh, you're right. <laughs> we got this. That's, that's, that's exactly what, I was, Val that's exactly and what I was looking at. so tired and Val trying to be positive all day and Cascarin's being like, fuck this, I'm grumpy. <laughs> and like, we're just both like that like bone soaked tired that it took us like 10 minutes to realize our companion can control flames. Yes. Cascarin is like, he like, dug a pit in the yeah. middle of this like lean to and has like two rocks or two uh, sticks. sticks that he's just been rubbing together <laughs> for the last half an hour and like a pot of water all ready to go and then finally Val is just like we have self <laughs> so uh, I was actually just looking at it to see if I can do anything with it the fire has to exist so the the fire has to be there I can't <sighs> I can't conjure the flame but as long as something is burning, which I assume we can get burning mm-hmm. All right, in the Cass, tent. Yeah. move over. <laughs> yeah. Val takes the sticks and, like, uh, gets something together and, like, starts, like, a different stick fire starting way. I think she also might have matches. She has, <laughs> she has like, five adventures, Produ- Or kids. produce flame. Or, I don't, I don't know. And Cashkin like just, like, uses stone forming to get these two spiky rocks and just, like, keeps, like, banging them against each other to generate sparks. No, like, sparks. she actually e- even has, though like, they're a not flames. Yeah. <laughs> Checkers has a do fire on him. He's ready to throw down. So you guys, like, there's this moment of just like, oh, my God, we're so dumb. We're so like, Stelv, get over here. Like, it's shitty out, but it's almost like it's a fun kind of vibe. You know, we're joking around about it, but I'm imagining at least a little bit carries over, you know, kind of to push back a little against the darkness. And the fortunate, not so interested in tea but is kind of leaning up against one of the trees that you guys are kind of next to. They have their arms crossed and is just watching you in their sort of only a little transparent way. You're not really sure what they're thinking. And one of you sees them stiffen and like cock their head and start moving their head back and forth as if they're trying to figure out something, trying to identify something, experiencing something strange. You hear their voice kind of ring out from underneath their armor, and they take a step forward, and they say, something's... something... and it looks up, at Val. Anyone who follows their gaze sees that Val has collapsed. I think Selv will jump to the most obvious course first, and that is check to see if she's has a fever. It's like, is she is she hot? Did she just pass out? Because you know we've been walking in the rain and all this other stuff. So, and Checker is seeing that something has gone wrong, kind of jumps away from the chess set that Selv and he have been playing with all night and just immediately switches into action mode. Like, Mango and Checker just start going into different directions and just start looking around, seeing what's going on. Yeah, it's a cool combination of, like, you guys snap into a very... That's a very cool teamwork idea where, like, some of you are assessing threats, some of you are checking on Val, like... Selv, I'm imagining you're there with her and maybe Kaskarin, you're right. He's like rummaging through their bags oh, to find cool. something. And you, Selv, like kind of holding her up a little bit, trying to feel for fever. And you can tell, you know that thing where you're vividly dreaming, your eyes are closed, but your eye, you uh, can tell your rem- eyeballs rem- are still moving. And that is what you see. There's so much activity. Kaskarin, you're ripping out supplies. The fortunate has kind of stepped over very slowly started kind of like inching closer to Val, still trying to figure out what's going on. And Selv, you look down at Val's face. She is slack-jawed, unresponsive. For a moment, you see it is so quick that you can't parse the details. But over her face, in kind of a spectral blue. You see a visage of something. Something that makes no sense. 
to your mind. And in a flash, it's gone. And you see the face of a man almost superimposed on Valak. You can see through it. It is translucent. And this individual is Cyclopean, has one eye that is closed. Superimposed on Val's face, its mouth moves. And you can barely make out. Something followed me. Help. Help us. And that no. is where we'll end this week's episode. <laughs> no. Yay. Why you do this? I will say one more thing mm. that tonight is an optional night that if you have a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I thought of this last time of a cool thing we encountered, you, there will be an opportunity to do so. And if not, we have plenty of other stuff, too. So, I mean, I have long hyenas to unveil. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where's the X card? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every time you X card, they just get longer. <laughs> 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 we've called this podcast yeah. meeting with you david yeah. because I, we have been very clear a- about HR, our boundaries HR has received yeah. so. and uh sophie asked us to call this she's not here right now because we thought that might be a little too vulnerable for her but you gotta cut it out with the long hyenas <laughs> long Just... hyenas don't exist you can't hurt you yeah <laughs> it's oh guys i fucking lost <laughs> Oh man! Just imagine wow. a regular hyena. <laughs> but like, where is it long though? Yeah. Is the question. Well, you stretch it. You you just copy paste it. Yeah. Okay, it looks like a centipede. I wasn't no, sure if it's a centipede or if it was like a giraffe, yeah. or yeah. if it's like a slinky dog where yeah. the middle is just very long. I just I thought it was a slinky dog. You know, I, I, I prefer a slinky dog. <laughs> giraffe. Well, I'll take giraffe hyenas. though. Yeah. No hyenas like really have a very short. <laughs> 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 